for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Here is your host, Rob Carson. Can you believe it's already Thursday? <laughs> Actually, you know what? Normally, my weeks fly by. This one, not so much. <laughs> There's a lot of reason for that, but uh, eh, whatever. You don't need to hear my uh, my issues, my issues. But anyway, welcome to the show, guys. Glad to have you here on the uh, on the show today. We have a special guest, Azra Numani, one of the amazing uh, parents who are saying, you know what? Uh, done with critical race theory. Done with uh, school closings. Supported by teachers' unions. Honestly, if your kid has been out of school for a year. Everybody on your school board needs to be fired. Honestly, ridiculous, ridiculous. But welcome to the show, guys. Glad to have you joining me. I really, really appreciate you hanging out with us today here on Newsmax. Got some great uh, interviews today. Got some great uh, guests on Newsmax. And honestly, I, I want to tell you something right now. Newsmax is kicking butt. There are newsmakers who are coming to Newsmax like never before, like Ted Cruz, which we'll talk to today, Jim Jordan, who we'll talk to today. They are forsaking the F word Fox News and they're coming here because we don't forsake our uh, our ideals. Our hosts are who they are. You know who they are. You know who our hosts are. You know who uh, you know Grant Stinchfield is. He's not going to just suddenly change his stripes. You know he's just not going to. You can't say that for many other networks. And and I'm not going to change my stripes because my stripes are so ungodly messed up. Don't mess with my stripes. <laughs> anyway. Welcome to the show. The country is uh, is not on a positive trajectory, and if you believe that Joe Biden is the answer and he's doing a great job, uh, you're high. Obviously, pot is legal in your state. Here is CNN talking about consumer prices rising and all of the uh, negatives that are going to affect your pocketbook with regard to Joe Biden as the president. 600 points because of fears of rising inflation. CNN's Allison Kosick joins us live now from New York with more. What's happening, Allison? Hi, Allison. Yeah, what you're seeing here is in sort of the... Wow, there's all sorts of Allisons on CNN. 20 minutes of the trading day. That selling really picking Maybe up. Maybe like do your own network, like the Allison Network. We have seen the market kind of tank all day, especially with tech shares. You like call it the OMJ, Allison Network getting hit the hardest. Why is this all happening? It has everything to do with Vanessa, what Vanessa was talking about, and that is inflation. Today we got a new inflation reading. Because you have a uh, president that is only promoting spending money that you and I will have to pay back to prop up the economy. It's a joke. It was a joke when Roosevelt was the president. Uh, that's uh, Theodore Roosevelt. And now it's a joke again. Called CPI, and it showed uh, that inflation, actually, higher prices moved at their fastest pace uh, since 2008. And we're OMG, Allison. About through the month of April. We've all known that prices are going up, but when data comes out, it kind of puts the exclamation point on what's happening. <laughs> 
for investors, it's been this aha moment. This is honestly, you can't be this clueless. So that is why you're seeing. Oh, yes, you are. It's uh, You're on CNN. This selling now. Uh, you're seeing this selling because if inflation <laughs> continues uh, for companies, the fear is, is that inflation can impact margins. It can squeeze them and it can erode corporate profits. It also, if you go to the grocery store and buy a loaf of bread, you might have to have a wheelbarrow full of cash like they do in Venezuela. So that it could eat into uh, obviously corporate profits and then into stock prices. And if inflation continues as well, the concern is, is that the Fed will go ahead and have to raise interest rates earlier than expected. And that Okay, so enjoy your 30-year mortgage that you have right now because it's going to go up in price, believe it or not. I know, weird, weird. It's kind of crazy, and I'm not like an economist. I'm just kind of a guy who, uh, you know, uh, does a radio show and all that stuff, but I've been on the planet for 50-something years. Early 50s, thank you very much. Um, soon to be mid-50s. Um, but I will tell you, uh, <laughs> if you just look at, like, I don't know, history and common sense and experience, and I was only a child when Jimmy Carter was the president, but I remember my mom and dad going, oh my God, everything's terrible with Jimmy Carter. Uh, you kind of see that again. Yeah, yeah, welcome back, Carter. I've said this before. Mm-hmm. You've got a lot of things going on. You've got uh, inflation rising. You've got the border crisis. Honestly, if you really think Joe Biden's doing a great job, then <laughs> uh, what country are you living in? What country are you living on? Here is uh, uh, Joe Biden actually talking, and, and I'm going to say this right quick, real, uh, that, that uh, Joe Biden is not a friend of Israel. Uh, he did not contact uh, Benjamin Netanyahu as soon as he got into office. Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu is the uh, president of Israel, which, by the way, and I will say this is a Rob Carson original, is a fingernail clipping on the face of the world with regard to, uh, uh, you know, uh, just like landmass. And then also the fact that it is surrounded by its enemies. Israel, I will always be a supporter of Israel because I don't know why it is. I honestly, you know, I'm Catholic. I grew up Catholic. I guess the Nazis really hated Catholics. But at the same time, I want Israel to rock. I love Israel. I love Israelis. I love the Jews. I love the fact that the Jews gave them what for and said, you know what? We are marching. We are marching through the Red Sea. We're going to open that the ocean up and then Moses is going to lead us and all that. I've always been a big fan of Israel. Israel kind of kicks butt. But uh, unfortunately, the president and Democrats have never been supportive of Israel. I don't understand why that is. I don't understand why that so many uh, American Jews, liberal Jews, really hate themselves so much that they want Israel to go, to, you know, be driven into the sea and destroyed. I don't get it. Uh, but I will tell you, as long as I live on this earth, there are two things that I really support. The United States of America as founded and Israel. And honestly, I will tell you, I believe that I would fight and die for Israel. If and I'm not even Jewish. I'm a I'm a I'm a, I'm a Catholic. I'm a Catholic. But if it came to fighting for Israel versus the evil entities surrounding Israel, I think I'd go over. I'd go like, okay, let's go. Let's kick some booty. Kick some booty. Here is a Joe Biden being asked to condemn Hamas for their attacks on Israel, and of course he was non-committal. My. Uh National security staff and defense staff has been in constant contact with their counterparts in the Middle East, uh, not just with the Israelis. You've never been a friend of Israel. But also with uh, 
everyone from the Egyptians to the Saudis to the Emiratis, etc. And uh, I had a conversation with Bibi Netanyahu uh, not too long ago. I'll be putting out a statement very shortly on that. Could have been several years ago. Not really sure. Um, my expectation and hope is that uh, uh, this we don't believe you. So will be uh, closing down sooner than later. But uh, Israel has a right to defend itself when you have thousands of rockets flying into. Why are the rockets flying? Your territory. Because of you! Tori, but uh, I had a, a conversation for a while with, with the uh, Prime Minister of Israel, and uh, I think that. Uh, I made a poopy. My hope is that we'll see uh, this coming to conclusion sooner than later. Yeah, it won't actually, because you're in charge. Yeah, you're in charge. Here's the president yesterday uh, basically saying that by answering questions, <laughs> this is funny. From the media that you guys are so bad. You guys are so bad expecting me to uh, answer questions. Now, the reason I bring this up is because his handlers are saying, don't let him answer questions because he has no mind left whatsoever. Here is uh, Joe Biden. You guys are so bad for answering questions. You guys are bad. I'm not supposed to be answering all these questions. I'm supposed to leave, but I... Because you know it's going to be embarrassing because I'm going to say stuff and I'm completely incoherent, but uh, my handlers are deciding what I should answer. Can't resist your questions. Um, uh, I, I came away uh, encouraged, and but I want to make it clear to you. Every time he tries to say he's making something clear, it's not clear! I'm encouraged not just because of a solid meeting with um, with uh, the uh, Republican leader in the House and with... Uh, this is where he forgets the name of the Republican leader in the House who happens to be Kevin McCarthy. Here he is uh, losing track of his thought. Yeah. Senate leadership here. Uh, you can see Senator... Uh, by the way, I'm, I'm sharing a video clip, for those who can't see, of this buffoon wearing a mask in the Oval Office. He's wearing a mask. He is uh, vaccinated. There are people who are vaccinated. Please tell me. Tell me why. Tell me why. Honestly, why he's wearing a mask. Anybody? Anybody? Oh, and uh, Leader McCarthy and... Speaker Pelosi and uh, Majority Leader Schumer. And uh, what we're going to talk about today is, uh, um, you know, when I when I ran, I said I wasn't going to be a Democratic president. I was going to be a president for all Americans. No, pretty much you've been a Democrat president for the Democrat Party and liberals. And what the bottom line here is, we're going to see whether we can reach some consensus on a compromise. No, we won't, because you're uh, pushing it down our throat. Moving forward talk a lot about infrastructure today to see if there's any way we can reach a compromise that gets the people's work done and is within the bounds of everyone agreeing. And that's the purpose of this meeting. Blah, 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 blah. And blah, 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 blah. I don't know if you do this, but Liz Cheney. <laughs> Just a real quick note. Liz Cheney was removed from her leadership position in the House of Representatives, she believes that despite the fact that 
75 million people voted for Donald Trump. And I believe more, by the way. I know I'm, oh, I'm going to get kicked off of Facebook and YouTube. Oh, they already have. She believes that uh, the election was completely cool. She also believes in <laughs> the Republican Party as uh, it was before Donald Trump uh, went into the White House. Uh, she is a dinosaur. She is a rhino. Nobody cares about her. And honestly, she's trying to create some sort of movement that does not exist. Liz Cheney is done. She doesn't even know it. She doesn't even know that Adam Kinzinger, she doesn't even know that all of the people who surround her and our rhino Republicans, Mitt Romney, they're done. You don't know. There is no uh, uh, bellwether cry to get them to follow them there's nobody there she doesn't get it she honestly needs to move on she needs to get over her a life as a career politician she's done liz cheney is done she doesn't get it she doesn't get it get a job as a walmart greeter because your career is over here she is this morning on the today show uh, refusing to accept the fact that she is done are you the leader of the opposition in exile right now in the Republican Party? I, I intend to be the leader, uh, one of the leaders, in, in a fight to help to restore. Honey, pardon me for the sexist you know, comment. You're not the leader of anything. Liz Cheney is not the leader of anything. That's why you've been demoted. Liz Cheney couldn't be the leader of a PTA board. Nothing against PTA boards. I think actually PTA boards are more respectable than Liz Cheney. But Liz Cheney, your career is over. You're not the leader of anyone, anyone, anything, anywhere. You're done. You focused on Donald Trump rather than the real problems, the border crisis, uh, the economy. Uh, I could go on and on and on. But Liz Cheney, you are not a leader of anything. It's a joke. Our party in a fight to bring our party back to substance and principles uh, and in a fight to to make clear that we won't participate. I've never been the part of a, uh, of a movement that had no support at all. And she doesn't. In, in a really dangerous effort that's underway. A lot of people frame this as a battle for the soul of the Republican Party. This is the, I think, opening salvo in that battle. She's not a part of the soul of the Republican Party. She's not. The soul is over here and she's on the other side. And, and it's a battle we have to win. Um, because it's not just about the Republican Party. Uh, it's about the country. The Trump political team is actively looking to coalesce around a primary challenger to you. Well, you're already done, girlfriend. You've got like a positive uh, rating of 14. What is your message to them? You know, uh, yeah, yeah, she's done. Up. She's done. Guys, uh, I'm just going to tell you, uh, I'm not a uh, political operative. I am a uh, guy who uh, has an opinion and entertains people. Thank you very much. And uh, Liz Cheney is done. She holds no sway anywhere. Same way with uh, Adam Kinzinger and Ben Sass. They have no sway. Now, very shortly, I'm going to interview a marvelous person named Azra Numani. 
She is a uh, parent in uh, Fairfax County, I believe Fairfax County, Virginia, which is on the uh, cutting edge with regard to uh, these uh, uh, critical race theory. Uh, she gave them a little what for it. Honestly, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, brilliant, 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 brilliant interview. She is a liberal Democrat, and she is fighting against critical race theory and all of the nonsense. She can be a liberal. She's a liberal, but she is not a leftist with regard to educating our children. We'll get to that very shortly on the show. Now, this is kind of funny. Ellen DeGeneres is uh, being canceled. Ellen DeGeneres has exposed herself as a terrible person. Her staff members, people in the audience, have said that she is an awful person. This, to me, is uh, terrifically insulting as someone who has uh, hosted shows over the years there's a point where you realize well some realize but she didn't that you have to have a connection with your audience and it can't be fake you guys listen to me or watch me because you are people who believe that I'm not fake I am who I am. I am who I am. I, I don't fake. I'm not lying. I, uh, you know, I live in a middle class neighborhood in Kansas City, the area. Uh, I have a little house, and literally, I have to fix a gosh darn bathroom this week because the bids are too damn high on it. So I have to do that. I do all my grocery shopping. I pay attention to my gas prices. I pay attention to my grocery prices. I look for stickers that say, this is on sale at Walmart. I know it's crazy. I shop at Walmart. And if I don't go to Walmart, I go to Price Chopper. And if I don't go to Price Chopper, I go to Hen House. And if I go to Hen House, I go to uh, Sprouts. Because I am who I am. And if I make a million dollars a year, I'm going to still be the same person. I go to Home Depot. I told the guy at Home Depot, I said, you know, most people give 10% to their church. I give 10% of my annual income to Home Depot. <laughs> That's me. That's who I will always be. And then there are people who don't who don't live like that anymore. Ellen is one of those people. If I had a show like Ellen's show, I wouldn't treat celebrities and average people guests any differently because we're all people. One of the amazing things, I, I said this years ago, somebody asked me, said, you interview a lot of people. And I've interviewed everybody. Arnold Schwarzenegger, John Mayer, uh, Adele. <laughs> and they say, what is the difference with you interviewing those people? And I say, when I go to an interview, no matter who the person is, how famous they are, I say, they poop. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger Every morning, gets up, maybe takes his iPhone, maybe takes a newspaper, goes in and poops. He's just like you and me. Adele does. 
Halle Berry does. I know, crazy. All of the celebrities that you know, they all poop. <laughs> I know that is very uh, gratuitous of me. That's the approach that I take with regard to celebrity. And so when I interview people like Azra Numani, who I will interview in a couple of seconds, I treat them the same way. Yeah. Funny. <laughs> Here is uh, Ellen DeGeneres. Uh, this is the uh, Ellen DeGeneres. Actually, this is a uh, celebrity, uh, no, I should say, a, a producer for Ellen DeGeneres talking about how terribly she treats everybody. Okay, so sort of television can be all smoke and mirrors, can't it? But, but all of this controversy recently has given, has it given viewers an insight into the real Ellen and she's sort of not as nice as everyone? I don't think Ellen poops. Thanks. Absolutely. However, I want to give the viewers more credit. Uh, I don't think the show's demise is because of the viewers' loyalty to the employees. Because let's face it, as employees, we endure hard place hardships in the workplace all the time. I think the viewers are disappointed in the phoniness that she's been projecting as this nice person. So I feel that they, the viewers, feel duped in a way. I've never felt like if you gain fame that you could be fake. I don't understand that. I've, I've always appreciated. And even though I'm not a celebrity yet, uh, but I have been in various markets around the country, why you would abuse the privilege of being loved by the public? She's not this nice person. And they're not going to put up, the viewers are not going to put up with the backstage racism that goes on and the backstage what? bullying that goes on. So I think the viewers have woken up finally. So you've been there, Hedda. Remind us what you went through. So for me, I was there the first hire in 2003. I was brought on to book the human interest guests, not celebrities, but, you know, people that were newsbreakers. And when I would go into Pitch Allen, who we have on the show today for our production meetings, she looked away. She showed no interest with any of the newsbreaking stories. She really showed uh, a despise for a lot of my people that we were uh, pitching to her, which is fine. It's a pitch. So I, I boo-hoo. I don't care about that. I get that because I'm pitched guests all the time, but I'm not rude about it. I'm like, you know, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit the show. But we had to uh, walk on eggshells with her because when we would be pitched. Because she's an awful person. Her snide remarks would be, what am I going to talk to them about? I don't know. I have nothing to say. I don't know. So it, we would write the, you know, the whole outline for her, and then the guests would walk off feeling like crap. So it wasn't goodwill for the show. Uh, however, she loved kissing ass with all the celebrities. and uh, she Well, of course, the celebrities are the big names. Now, uh, as far as celebrities are concerned, there is a point where I am finding celebrities who want to be on the show, and it will happen. And I'm very pleased to do that. But I think that more amazing stories come from average people. <laughs> they do. They do. Azra Numani is one of those people. She spoke to the school board in Fairfax, Virginia. She is a liberal Democrat. And she's tired of the critical race theory nonsense that is being taught 
She's tired of her kids being told they can't go to school because of COVID. Nonsense. Here is Asner Nomani talking to the, uh, the Fairfax School Board about a week ago. I sent a note to every single one of you and I got not a single response. There was no concern about our students at that time. And then the summer proceeded and the principal at our high school told us that our mostly minority students and parents had to check their privileges. And then, now, she is a person of color. She is a, an Indian person. And as the summer continued, Dr. Brabrand, you decided that our students and our families were spending thousands and thousands of dollars on test prep. And then you, Melanie Marin, told us that we were toxic. And then Karen <laughs> Kizdamara promoted the idea that we were racist. And then by the fall, every single one of you voted to remove the merit-based, race-blind oh, yes. admissions test. <laughs> and we pled with you as Asians, as an immigrant. I came at the age of four. I knew no English. And you didn't listen to us. And now I sit here listening to this empty proclamations and declarations that you're making about your great value of Asian Americans. You tell us about you going Melanie Marin to Japanese restaurants. I love this. I love this. Here she is being shut down, being shut down by the school board. Now, thank you for your time. That will allow thank you for your time. Your time is up, ma'am. She is a person of color. How could you do that? (laughs) Wow. You are. Your time is up, ma'am. Your time has expired. Yes, you Your time has expired. Next speaker. Oh, we are so done. We are so done with this. We are so done with this as parents. I will not accept this for my child. You shouldn't as yours. Azra Namani is on the phone, actually. Hello, Azra. How are you? Good, good. Great I, to talk to you. I really appreciate your comments and what you said. And, and I learned something new, by the way. Uh, the, you're You're an Indian woman. You come from India. You are Muslim. And you are white adjacent. I didn't realize. Do you have white neighbors? Is that what that means? What does that mean? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, I had the real tragedy of making having Nancy Drew as my best friend as a little girl, right? <laughs> teaching me teaching me English, teaching me how to be a girl detective, and I guess Nancy Drew made me white enough, right, that I'm now being ordered to sit down. I mean, like, oh. can you just imagine if a white man had done that to me? Unbelievable. Like you know, like they they would have been fired. Yeah. I mean, they would have been there would have been a campaign against you know, this white supremacist that's standing, you know, at the dais ordering a woman of color to take her seat. But but, but I've gotten days later, not a single apology, not an acknowledgement from Unreal. this board chair tyrant. Mm. Nothing. Mm. Oh, like the speech was incredible, and they stay, they shouted you down. Uh, I've got to imagine that people around you are cheering you and that that school board is becoming very, very unpopular. Well, it's amazing because it's people around the world, from Australia, from France, from Portland, Oregon, you know, the bastion of this, mm. you know, this leftist in, in, uh, movement in America. And, and they're cheering. They are. That's a perfect word. I just can't even tell you. I'm getting messages on LinkedIn and Twitter and, um, and, and Facebook everywhere 
Uh, and you know, the, the thing that meant so much to me was I sat beside my mom and dad on Mother's Day and played my video for them because they are why I am in this country. You know, they are why my son is at America's number one high school because they came for the American dream. And my dad just watched my speech and he gave me a pat on the back. <laughs> That was very nice. Just wait a minute. Hold on. Why would you, a a brown person from India, come to a country that is fundamentally uh, institutionally racist? Are you out of your mind? Yeah, and can you imagine this? (laughs) That my parents were born into white supremacy. Let's be clear. They were born in British colonial India. And so my dad literally climbed a banyan tree to cheer Mahatma Gandhi as he did the salt march against the British colonial empire, right? My mom, she got a Cadbury chocolate from the Catholic nuns at the school that she attended the day of independence. But, But these two amazing people, like, they hold no grudge, you know, against, quote, white people. They love humanity, and they came to America to help America, to help their family, and to help the world. And so that's my inspiration. Like, that's my North Star on how do you deal with injustice. They didn't deal with it by having a uh, hate in their heart. They, they, they move forward themselves and their family and then... They helped America and the world. And you that's, know, that's it, what we should all do. Your, your kids go to TJ uh, High School, right? Thomas Jefferson, which inevitably will have its name changed, I'm assuming, sometime soon. <laughs> yeah, they're going after the mascot, which is the colonial, <laughs> as a symbol, <laughs> yes, of, of white supremacy. And I'm just like, do you know that the colonial, uh, you know, the spirit in America is what convinced my ancestors to fight against the colonialism of of the British. It's not, you know, the white supremacists that it, that, they, that they're trying to cap that they're trying to, you know, now demonize the colonials of America to be. And so, yeah, they're going to go after the name, I'm sure. They've already removed the merit-based race-blind test yes. so that they can change the demographics. Yeah. And um and I have just one son there, and I'm sure my, my, one of my friends was like, when I said I have a son who's a senior, um, I'm sure she said, oh, they were probably like, oh, my God, we can't get rid of her fast enough. But I've just joined this new group that uh, helps to start called Parents Defending Education yeah. because I'm not going anywhere. Uh-uh. Like, we are not going anywhere. <laughs> like, our kids may graduate, and you may not even have a kid in the school systems, but it is all this matters. Let's let's start about how this all started for you. You got a uh, you got a note, I guess. Uh, parents did that said to check your privilege. Is that that's where this yes. started? Go ahead. Yes, <laughs> it was literally on my birthday, um, and uh, last June, just just days after George Floyd's death in Minnesota, and the white principal of our school, and I just mentioned her race because it's the irony of this. Yeah. Uh, who has a degree from the University of Pennsylvania, you know, which is like, you know, no, there's no privilege there going there. No. Um, <laughs> she she tells our parents and our students that we needed to check our privileges. She literally writes that she implores us to do this as if, like, because we're just so busy, you know, with our, like, martinis. Um, and, and I just, like, I, and I've been, I've been the PTA mom. Like, you know, yeah. you know what we end up doing because we're journalists, right? Yeah. So 
I was like the newsletter editor. Come on. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like literally like, oh, and today, uh, you know, this kid and that kid, they've won the reflections contest. You know, I'm just like wow. just doing my duty, you know, as a volunteer. And I, and I feel like a little responsibility because I know that the parents that are at our school are mostly immigrant parents. Yeah. And I came when I was four. So I'm like generationally closer to what their children are going through them than them and but I know what my parents needed to understand America like I, I had to explain the prom to them you know yeah. um we we're from a Muslim family yeah. so we didn't know about Christmas gift exchange sure. um and and you know so I felt a responsibility and duty but then I'm like reading this email and the rest of us are reading this email <laughs> and I think about you Yan a mom that has sacrificed also in our PTA and she literally stood in Tiananmen Square standing wow. against the tanks yeah these are our parents. They're parents who fled communism in uh, Eastern Europe. Yeah. My dad, you know, left India for, uh, you know, this country. At, and he was just five foot four because he survived the Bengal famine. Jeez. You know, I mean, these are like families that don't wear their grievances on their sleeve, but trust me, they're not just in the category of privileges because their kids are in a school. So that's that's when the trigger happened, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, and it's interesting because um, I used to live in Washington, D.C. for a dozen years. Um, I, used to, I used to do the afternoon show on Mix 107.3 and then <laughs> worked on WMAL for, for a dozen years. Um, and, and my okay. kids went to Montgomery County, Maryland schools, and when my kids, they went to what's called an impacted elementary school in Montgomery County, and that means that it was about 10% white. The rest were Hispanic, black, Indian kids. And my kids, my son, all of his friends, I called them the United Nations because they, right. were, they were every single race and nationality. And they would tease each other about, you know, one of them, kids, one of the, the black kids would tell my son, well, you can't dance and, and you can't jump. And, and, you know, another kid would say, well, at least my dad doesn't work at a convenience store. And they would joke about it. And, and it, right. this is painful for me because I see the love. They are brothers. They are brothers regardless of color and regardless oh, of God. where they're from. And, and this crushes me. What you're doing, what you're doing is so emotional to me because my son has never had a hint of racism in his life. And it's amazing that not only is he being called a white supremacist, but you're being, your kids, you are being called now white adjacent. And you've got to have the same kind of guilt that they do. This is a travesty for kids who've never, never had an ill feeling toward anyone about race. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was so powerful what you said. And I could just feel it because you know your kids, right? And you know their ups and their downs and that they are more than their skin color, right? And and I, I feel what you're saying because these kids, they make fun of each other. Yeah, they do the thing that kids do. They're not racist no. and um, bigoted. You know, they maybe, uh, yes, part of growing up is being inappropriate, of right? Of course. And, and you're learning, you know, you're learning what boundaries are. You're learning, but nobody should be, then be wearing the scarlet letter yeah. of, of racism. You know, now that that's the new scarlet letter, this big R that they're trying to put on people. And, and we just, just like Hester Prynne back then, you know, and Nathaniel Hawthorne's fiction, we have to like rip it off 
and say we are unapologetic in our values and and what we are. I want to mention you got a survey. You got this ungodly survey as a parent uh, in Fairfax oh County. God. Tell me about this survey because I know Chris Plant at WMAL talked about it and I heard him talk about it and I couldn't believe it. Why don't you give us an idea what it's all about? Oh, yeah. I mean, this was just a rigged survey. So now what's happening in school districts is they've got to find an excuse to be able to bring in these high-priced consultants. And so we got Thursday morning this survey from the superintendent, and in fine print he writes that this survey is so that they can revise the controversial issues policy that we have in Fairfax County to force Yes. Uh, impartial conversation <laughs> when it comes to controversial issues. So it's just it's like common sense that you yeah. need to have both sides of the issue, right? Yes. And they're going to replace it with a new anti-racism policy. And in the survey, it's just literally questions like, how much do you agree with the idea that anti-racism education would improve your student's life? <laughs> you know, agree, disagree. And, and, you know, and so if you disagree, you're a racist, right? Because oh, oh that's Lord. the way they've set up these questions. And then if you agree, ding, 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 the consultant that's helped to write the survey gets business. Uh, you know, you and I will differ on the size of government. I will differ on, on uh, taxes. I don't know where you are on abortion, but whatever, that doesn't matter. But you brought us yeah. together. You brought us together on this, and and we can separate the left from liberalism, and we can fight this battle together. I, I just I keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing it. Oh, and, thank you, and Azra Onamani. Thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. We are mama bears and papa bears fighting back. <laughs> All right, we'll talk soon. Okay. She totally kicks butt. I absolutely love it. Azra Onamani, fighting the good fight. Against the nonsense, the nonsense of critical race theory, among other stuff. Grant Stinchfield. <laughs> he has a, I love Grant. God dang it. I love Grant Stinchfield. I love his show on Newsmax. He is about, here's the deal. The reason why I love his show is it's about common sense and connection. Grant Stinchfield is a really, really amazing dude. Here he is talking about America going to hell in a handbasket. Today, we just got word consumer prices are up 4.2%. The inflation is far outpacing original estimates. But of course, the price of everything is skyrocketing. The government handouts have artificially pushed up labor costs. Joe Biden's war on energy, combined with the weakness he shows to the world, basically daring foreign cyber criminals to debilitate debilitate our nation's oil supply, has sent the cost of fuel skyrocketing. All of these increases are not absorbed by businesses. They're placed on consumers with price increases. And yet the Biden administration treats all of us like a bunch of idiots. Have you filled your car up with gas lately? (laughs) It's not that we have a gasoline shortage. It's that we have this supply crunch. (laughs) Let me tell you this. Yes. Supply crunch, shortage, call it whatever the heck you want to call it. It's Team Biden who put a halt on drilling. It's Team Biden that canceled the Keystone Pipeline. It is Team Biden who is forcing us back into a position of being at the mercy of of our Middle Eastern adversaries. Yeah, pretty much. Folks, 
We went from energy independence <laughs> all the way back to Jimmy Carter's 1979 oil crisis in just a few months. $1,200 stimulus payouts mm. will not nearly make up for the hit most Americans will take at the pump, at the grocery store, even at the mall. Yeah, here is uh, Grant Stinchfield's thoughts on Liz Cheney being removed from her position in the Republican Party yesterday. I do have faith that we will ultimately prevail. But yes. we need you. Everyday Americans can and will make the difference. And we already are, folks. Stinchfield rocks! The out he rocks! The poster of the nasty queen of the Republican establishment is gone. That would be, uh, yeah, Liz Cheney. Gone because of all of you, your pressure. Do you feel betrayed by today's vote? I do not. I think that uh, it is uh, an indication of where the Ding dong Republican Party is. And I think that the party uh, is in a place that we've got to bring it back from. You see how delusional she is? Her ousting is the first step in moving our party forward. We need unity, not vengeance which is what bitter Liz Cheney apparently is plotting for the midterms and clearly for the next presidential election. I uh, will do uh, everything I can to ensure uh, that uh, the former president never again gets anywhere near the Oval Office. You have no power. You have no sway. So why even bother? Office. I promise you I'll do everything I can to make sure she doesn't get back to Congress <laughs> in the next midterm elections, okay? The bottom line is she won't. She won't. Here is Matt Stinchfield talking to uh, Representative Matt Rosendale about Liz Cheney. So let me start with you, Congressman Rosendale. How big was the ouster of Liz Cheney today and where do we go from here now as an America first party? You know, uh, like many things here in Washington, this took much longer than I was anticipating. We started this process, process back in February. Um, we, we went to leadership. We had ding dong, ding, ding, ding. these discussions. We explained you know the rest. how she was not representing the entire conference. She was destroying our message. Don't splash water on her. The conference leader has to be able to help. That is so sexist. Develop the message and then deliver it to the general public and, and then take the conference and create that unity so that we are all using the same message. Anything that distracts from that. Uh, is not pushing us forward. So we've been a couple of additional months, but but it has finally happened today. Now we can start working on the Republican message, and we've got a good message. We we do have a better way. Um, if you start talking about expanding the economy, uh, closing our border, securing our border, getting our children back to school, this is that is crazy talk. The Republican message. It is a winning message so, as opposed to the Biden message. Uh huh. Here is uh, Grant Sinsfield talking to uh, Brian Babin, who is a uh, Republican uh, representative about uh, you know Liz Cheney going bye bye. Miles Taylor and his fellow rhino losers like Tom Ridge, Christine Todd Whitman, and crazy Barbara Comstock voted for Biden. Now look what they have. Congressman Babbitt, take it away. Well, I would just say this, Grant. Great to be with you tonight. Uh, Thank you. In that room today, I thought that the, uh, the, our GOP conference was, was pretty doggone unified. Uh, I thought that the uh, the, the the party itself, the membership, I think we had given a, a, a chance, a second chance to uh, uh, 
Liz Cheney. Uh, and we needed some, and, and I'm not here to take away anything Bye -bye, Liz. Thing, and, and, and for her personal beliefs. No, 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 Hey, hey, hey. <sighs> Goodbye. She is free to, to, to express it in any way she wanted to. The problem was she was the one that was crafting the message. She was our... Our conference chair. Walmart is hiring, Liz. Walmart is hiring 15 bucks an hour. And we have to be on the same page. And we cannot be out there creating risks in our in our party. And then this, this fellow, Miles, I've never heard of him before. Yeah, bye-bye-bye-bye-bye. Here is Rob Schmidt talking to Jim Jordan, representative, who's absolutely awesome, about uh, Liz Cheney going, uh, bye, bye Yep, drain the swamp. How big of a moment was it this morning? Big. Well, it was a moment that needed to happen. Yeah. Uh, you're right. Bye -bye. It doesn't happen too often where bye -bye. The, the third highest person in, in Republican leadership in the House of Representatives is, is, is uh, you know, moved out of that position. But when you can't have the Republican spokesperson reciting Democrat talking points, you can't have the, the person who's supposed to. It sucks to be you, Liz Janey. It sucks uh, to be you. Speak for the Republican conference taking positions that 90 percent of our party disagrees with. And you can't have the leader of the Republican House, Republican, uh, excuse me, conference. Yeah. Um, Going against the guy who got 74 million Americans to support him, the leader of our party, the leader of that America first populist party rooted in conservative principles. So it was a change that needed to happen. Uh, I was for it happening three months ago. But today is um, today was a was a good thing and a good step for us as a party. No, 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 no. Hey, hey, hey. Goodbye. And does this come as a surprise to you? When you look at 2016, if this comes as a surprise, honestly, you need to wake the F up. Seriously, if this comes as a surprise after 2016, which is four years ago, and 2020, you are clueless. Yeah, you are completely clueless. Diamond and Silk. I love me some Diamond and Silk. Do you know why? Because they are you and me. They are people that relate to you and me. They are people who go to the grocery store and they decide whether they can afford this week salmon versus chicken breast. I do this every week. <laughs> I do, I do. They decide whether you can fill the car up or you can put 10 bucks in. I've been there. Diamond and Silk talking to uh, Greg Kelly about gas prices. God bless these girls. They're awesome. Diamond and Silk join us once again. You can see him every Saturday right here on Newsmax. Uh, their show, Diamond and Silk, crystal clear at 8.30 p.m. Diamond, Silk, so good to see you guys again. How are you? Oh, we're wow. wonderful. I hope you're doing well. Pretty good, pretty good. Sorry about the... God, I love these girls. Fuel situation. Uh, what has it meant for you so far? 
Well, well, first of all, you can bl you can blame this on Biden's America. Mm -hmm. This is what Jim Crow Joe Biden's America look like. You know, I find it ironic that on Monday people got up to go to work on the East Coast. Oh, yeah. We had gas, and by the time they got off get off work, yeah. now all of a sudden these pumps are running out of gas. Yeah. Now this company that's that owns this particular pipeline is saying they proactively cut off the gas because it was hacked. Mm -hmm. Well, why don't you proactively turn it back on so people? can get gas so they can go to work That's because right. this affects everything that we do Come on. from the rich to the poor yes. i don't care if you get welfare it ain't gonna do you no good to get food stamps if you walk into a store yes. and you can't purchase food because the trucks can't get to them because the trucks don't have no gas That's right. so this affects everybody and people want to say this is inflation no this is straight thievery because what you all are trying to do is rob the american people come on i love it Diamond and Silk on the Russian hack and the real enemy, which is China. Now, it looks like the Russians may have had something to do with this as well, with uh, the hacking and the cyber, whatever. Uh, how do we feel about Russia these days? Well, see, you want they want to blame everything on Russia. Russia, oh. Russia, Russia, Russia. Russia. Yeah. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Well, what about China, China, China? Uh-huh. What have they been doing? That's right. Because we've been hearing a lot about China. First, when it comes to this pandemic, why isn't anybody holding them accountable? That's right. So what did they have to do with this here? Yes. Stop blaming everything on Russia and get to the bottom of it. Oh. Or oh. Is, it, is it these deep state snakes? Oh. The global elitists uh -huh. that's on. running things around here and running this country and to the ground. That's right. And let's not forget that under President Donald J. Trump, we didn't run out of gas. Thank we you. was actually oil independent. Now, since Jim Crow Joe have come in and at a stroke of a pen, we're now oil dependent on foreign entities. So let's take a look at here. Good versus bad. President Trump versus resident Biden. God bless them. Diamond and silk are so important to us. <laughs> they speak the truth. Guys, all I can say is uh, hang in there. Things will get better. The absolute awful truth is being exposed. We get it. If you get a chance to, guys, make sure to download the uh, the Newsmax app on your cell phone. Uh, NewsmaxTV.com is uh, where you can find all the great programming. That is available on Newsmax and also NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast for this show. For this show. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. God bless. And I will see you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.